Welcome to the Everything Coworking Podcast, where every week I keep you updated on the latest trends and how to's in coworking. I owned and operated coworking spaces for eight years and then served as the executive director of the Global Workspace Association for five years. And today I work with hundreds of operators and community managers every month, allowing me to bring you thought-provoking operator case studies and inspirational interviews with industry thought leaders to help you confidently stay on top of what's important and what you can apply to your own role in the co-working industry. Welcome to the Everything Coworking Podcast. This is your host, Jamie Rousseau. I am excited about this episode because we have a lot of folks who come to our co-working startup school interested in including childcare in their business model. And that is always a challenge because it's a challenging model. There are not a lot of successful models to model out there. So I've been excited to have this week's guest on, Daniela Cornu. She is the founder and CEO of Lay Village. I keep saying that wrong. I want to do the Lay Village. She is uh, in city neighborhoods in Chicago, expanding into the suburbs of Chicago and uh, Milwaukee. She They have a new location. It's a franchise model. So she's a corporate location that she opened and then franchise models after that in the Chicago area. So she gives a lot of insight around how she has found it works best to make this model work. And she shared some really interesting insights. I'm not going to, I I won't do a spoiler alert, but I think uh, her insights are really helpful in understanding the way she set up her model and why it works, how it works. She also gave me a couple of nuggets after we hit stop on the record button that we both wanted to make sure we shared. So I will share on her behalf. She said they do a number of weekend parties because I had mentioned that play spaces make a lot of revenue on birthday parties. And she said they also do a lot of birthday parties on the weekends. So those that rental, I think, is open to non-members. So that is a source of revenue. Important to mention that. And the space would be designed to be flexible to kind of convert to weekend rentals. I did not ask her who hosts those, if it's her or if she has someone on her team or they have kind of an ad hoc birthday party manager that goes in to do those. But I do know that's a really important source of revenue for play spaces and can should be an important source of revenue for your space if you are child friendly. And she mentioned, we don't have any $6,000 sofas. So if some kid spills ketchup on our sofa, we can handle that. So she you know, mentioned some things about the way the space is designed and the expectations, et cetera. She also said, you know, she mentions this in the podcast. She said she gets a lot of folks who want childcare to be an add-on service that they want to run co-working, but they offer also want to offer daycare. And you'll hear from the way she talks about it. Her model is just very integrated. You really can't decouple the two. She did say, though, that she thinks that you can for older kids. So the the challenge she's solving is for kindergarten through 
you know, just before preschool. So really babies and sorry, not kindergarten, babies and toddlers. That's who she's serving. And so though you have to be on site, there's a lot of regulations for that age group. So once the kids are older, there are fewer regulations and more flexibility. So she mentioned that if she wanted to make a kid-friendly space, she might focus on after school. So, you know, a lot of times public schools will have after school programs. Sometimes they're expensive. Sometimes they're not every day. So she said she would partner with a group in the community that does programming for after school kids or even having a homework room or some place where kids can go after school and mom or dad can continue working and it's not at home. So I don't know how that works. How did the kids get there? Does mom or dad have to go pick them up from school and get them there? Uh, Maybe there's a shuttle service. Who knows? So that we didn't solve. But she did say she has seen that model works and thinks it makes sense. And I think Melanie Marconi uh, runs kind of that genre of model in her locations in Oregon. So, and I'm trying to remember what Melanie's brand is called. It will come to me in a minute. It's been a long day of Zoom. So she thinks that model could absolutely work. And I agree. Think of all of the, we were just talking about today's early dismissal. My daughter gets out at 2.10. So my husband's going to pick her up because I have meetings and out of the house. And then he has to leave for other meetings and I'll come back home so that, you know, somebody's here. But having a place where she could have social time or get homework done away from a screen. I know. Anyway, I love that idea. I think that can solve a lot of problems for a like a, you know, much broader age group, probably. So she definitely thinks there are things that can be done. It is the Uh, you know, baby to toddler age that's really kind of hard to solve on more of an ad hoc approach. So, and she, you know, said you really have to know your numbers. And that is really one of our core promises of our programs is we want you to understand the business model. We want you to understand how to optimize the business model, what you can expect, what the levers are of the business model, how to make the best decisions, how to use those numbers and expectations to get the right real estate deal, et cetera. So if you're thinking about opening a co-working space, actually Thursday, sorry, you know what? We've already started by the time this airs. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, we have just started by the time you listen to this, another live cohort of the co-working startup school. We have a great group of folks. We have some building owners. We have a great mix of folks in that group. And we are starting our next cohort, I think at the beginning of March. So we will have that on the website. Actually, it's at everythingcoworking.com forward slash start. I think if you know you're interested in the co-working startup school and you just want to know when the next date is, it will be up there and you can register. And we run it as a live cohort, but you do not have to attend live if your schedule does not allow. We have folks who attend live, some who cannot, and just do everything on their own time and listen to the recordings. And we have Slack group support if you have questions that you want to ask. So uh, know that's an option. And we are very passionate about you helping understand the numbers and then deciding, you know, what model is best for you and help you make all the right decisions to create a profitable co-working space. Okay, so I am standing between you and a very hot topic. So I'm going to get out of here. 
Without further ado, here's my conversation with Daniela Cornu. She is the founder and CEO of Lay Village. Welcome. I am Thank here you. with Daniela Cornu from Le Village. I wanted to say Le Village, but it's just Le Village. She's in <laughs> Chicago in a neighborhood. I'm going to have you kind of walk through it. You, We know you a little bit, but I want to totally dive into you and your business model. You did a How I Did This panel. I'm trying to remember when that was. It was like maybe a popular. year ago. It might have been a while ago. Exactly. And I should mention that I only knew of you because we share an accountant, which is sort of funny because you're in Chicago. I'm not. <laughs> and Michael, our accountant, he, I'm trying, I think a friend I needed, I still, I needed like a tax accountant and I got a referral from a Chicago friend. And Michael was like, you got to meet this woman, Daniela. She's killing it. And she's in Chicago and she's in your business. And I was like, okay. And Let's then we were able to connect because Juicy was in Chicago. And it's, oh, it's yeah. always like that conference is always so crazy. So at some point I'm coming to Chicago. I actually was just saying how much I love Chicago and I need to plan my trip. And did you meet, have you, so Jen Luby is in, I always forget where she is. She has day she's house. Like, yeah, she has day house and she's yep. up in, is it Wilmette? No, maybe? what's the other? I don't come back to me. I always forget and I don't know why. It's ridiculous. And then Sue Reardon is in Forest Park and LaGrange. She oh, has nice. a sweet spot. So she's in our programs. They just met each other recently. So lots of good operators in Chicago. Okay, but the exciting thing about your model is co-working and childcare. Yes. Yeah, we're diving in. Okay. So tell us your story. How did you, how did this come to be? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I started late village when my daughter, right after my daughter was born, you know, I had a three month maternity leave. I had an amazing return to work program that was super flexible where I was allowed to work from home several days a week. Of course, this is pre pandemic before it was cool. And it was great, except I couldn't find daycare that allowed her her to come into uh, it part-time. So I started looking for, I was like, well, I just need a co-working space that has childcare. Clearly this is a thing already. And I, like, I, I, I mean, seriously, I was yeah. like, how is this not a thing? And I went through and looked and looked and nobody was doing it. And so I would get up, Jamie, I would get up in, in the morning. I'd drop her off because I was doing it for a while. And I would drop her off at six in the morning, you know, get on the L by seven, shoot downtown, 45 minute commute, work all day. Where, you were, where were you living at the time? We were in Ravenswood at the time. Okay. Ravenswood. Yeah. I mean, that's um, the thing about Chicago. Ravenswood is totally in the city, but still takes mm-hmm. you that long to right get still on public transportation. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> so you miss out, you know. And so I would I drop her off at you know six thirty in the morning, and I'd pick her up at six thirty at night, and she would go to bed at seven thirty, yeah. and I would just cry every yeah. day. I was like, I'm missing yeah. all of it, and so I quit my job. <laughs> And I started Lay Village shortly thereafter. It's just like I'm doing this. And your husband said, My husband said I was crazy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he still thinks I'm crazy, by the way. Okay. So nothing has changed. Yeah. Just I'm always doing something new. I just have okay. that bone in me, that entrepreneurial. So he knows you're crazy. And this sounds crazy, but okay. He was on board. But it usually it. works out, you know. Okay. You're crazy, but it works out. So okay. uh, but he, you know, he also knows he can't tell me 
not to do things. No, so but you were going to go like, sign a commercial lease. He was fine with that. Yeah. 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 Okay. I actually, we bought the building. We ended up buying the building. So uh, I just mentioned on la- maybe last week's podcast, I was like, if someone had whispered in my ear when I was in Chicago before Fulton Market exploded, yeah, hey, you should buy this building. If someone had just suggested that, my life would be totally different. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, definitely been a, a big thing for, you know, good we, you. Well, I was like, I don't know this. I thought it was a great idea. I thought it was a no brainer. So you're but like, let's just dis- buy the building and mm-hmm. do this thing. Okay, great. Well, and I think financially it was like, well, let's safeguard it. Right. Because if it blows yeah. up in my face, then you have yeah. the equity in something that's a tangible you asset. You can sell it. Exactly. exactly. Or totally. sell it and make your money back. 100%. Everybody listening, 100%. If you can, I mean, now I'm in a market where forget it. I cannot own commercial real estate on my own. So yes, that's a further path, but good for you. Okay. Thanks. So he's all in. You're going to start this thing. You bought the building first. Mm -hmm. Yep. Did you buy it with an SBA loan or? We did an SBA 7A. And honestly, you know, we're not millionaires. I tell this to people all the time. Like we shoestring this together, 401k, yep. you know, a little, but you little bought an asset and but we bought an mortgage asset. is probably the same as what your rent would have been. 100%, yeah. especially in Chicago, especially for the size of building that we purchased. I mean, the lease, you know, we see this a lot in Chicago, especially like the real estate portion of what we're doing. We have to be, it's delicate. You can definitely do it. Downtown is harder. Further you get yeah. out into the suburbs, yeah. leasing gets a little bit more feasible. It's just a little bit more challenging in the core of downtown. You have to really fight for that. And you have to have, we have luckily have a great real estate broker that works both lease and say, you know, for sale and we're franchising right now. So we're in the middle. I've done my location in Irving, but now we have a location in Milwaukee, Wisconsin as well. And so one of the things that we coach people through is can you purchase or should you lease? And what's really the best bang for your buck? Yes. Okay. So you're the one whispering in folks ear saying, Hey, I am. Yeah. And sometimes you just need to normalize it. Right. We're right. We don't have some unusual, uh, you know, amount of money. We figured this out. Mm -hmm. It could be possible for you too. Yeah. It's a long-term investment and it really feels, you know, it depends on what your family, you know, there's a different level of risk. It depends on what your family can handle, but yeah, that's how we did it. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So yeah. Describe the model size and division and childcare. Yeah, it is. So one of the things that I hope people take away from this, because we always whenever I do a show or something like that, people are like, Oh, my God, I get operators that reach out to me. And they're like, I'd love to add this on as a service. And I'm like, well, it's not Uh, really a service, mm -hmm. kind of a way of life kind of thing. Okay, I love that you made that point. Yeah. So, you know, it really is, you know, we have a space Irving Park is our smallest location at this point. The other locations are opening up at around 7,000 square foot in that range. Lake Village Irving Park is was much smaller. Um, that location is around 4,500 square feet. And it's really split up into half classrooms and half co-working. And so people that are like, I want to add this on first as a service. And I'm like, are you ready to 
chop up your space in half, and like essentially. It, it's yeah. just or crazy, you could divide you know? however you think is appropriate. But yeah, right. It, it's just really tough. You know, one of the other unique things about so our space is literally a co-working and childcare space. We have classrooms on site uh, where parents can come in. They literally we serve specifically babies and toddlers, which is really unique in the marketplace as well. You see a lot of these like play cafes cropping up and things like that, which I'm sure is eating into some of that co-working revenue that people are looking at, which is probably why they're interested. Right. It's hard to, you still really are supervising. Yeah. So tell us more about, yeah, what the experience looks like if they. Yeah. I mean, I would say like play cafes are even less supervision than late village does. You know, we, you have to be able to drop your kid off and go work. And if, because we specialize in babies and toddlers, that's a challenging age range, right? But it's a great age range from a membership standpoint, because once they get a little bit older, they start school. Right. Yes, exactly. So then you're competing with that. So for us, we serve babies and toddlers. Our classrooms are staffed with certified teachers with a full curriculum, and parents are there, you know, so they come in, they work on site, it's all in one building, you cut, you know, that commute time that I was doing and all of this back and forth. You know, our parents get to have lunch with their kids, we close the classrooms down in the middle of the day, and everyone picks up their little ones, they get to have that quality time. But then they drop them back off into the classroom for afternoon session, if they're there for the full day, a piece out and, and, you know, we do all of the things that a typical childcare space would do, but just with much more parent involvement. And that's why our slogan is community first, co-working and childcare, because it really encompasses all of it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So full-time is not required. No, we do not require. We have anywhere from three half days all the way up to Monday through Friday, eight to five. Okay, but I have to commit. I'm not doing drop in. I'm not. I'm a member. I've picked a package. Do I have to commit for X number of months or like a half a year? What does that yeah, look like? We do basically an eight. We have an eight week cancellation policy for people. Okay. So, you know, that way we're kind of know who's going to be in the space. But yeah. yes, we ask people like, hey, pick your schedule. You know, at most people, especially right now are on some sort of a hybrid schedule and they're required to be in the office on some sort of schedule. Children, frankly, babies and toddlers, they need schedule. They need a little bit of routine. So we tell people like, hey, pick what you're trying to get in here for so we can plan for you and figure out what's going on. We don't allow drop-ins. This is another thing that like when we have, when I have operators that Reach Everyone out to wants me. to do drop in, like the ultimate flexibility for mom. And I'm like, yes, and that business model is never going to work. It's just, <laughs> it can't. Well, and you know, if you think about it, JB, it's a safety issue, right? You can't have so and so from Mexico or from Germany or from wherever jumping, dropping into your beautiful space with people's infant. You don't know, you don't know these people. Yeah. Like with people's infants and toddlers on site, it just becomes a huge safety issue. That's part of the community piece is that we know who's here, you know each other. It's sort of a family. Yeah. 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 It's like an extended family. Everybody knows. It's like a typical daycare would never allow you. Like you can't, don't drop in like at a right typical daycare. Yeah. But you know, on the other side of that too, it's like you drop your kid off at a typical daycare. You have no idea the parents, you don't know the teachers, you don't know what's going on. And so 
we're trying to like, we like to say we're not a co-working space. We are not a childcare space. <clears throat> we are a new model. We are the evolution of childcare and what working parents are really looking for. Hey there, I am jumping in to share with you a free live training we have coming up on February 15th called Four Ways to Fund a Coworking Space in 2024. It's 2024 and you know there's more demand than ever for your coworking vision. You want to create your first coworking business or you'd like to add a new location, but interest rates are crazy town. SBA loans, same. And lenders look at you like you're the abominable snowman when you say you want to do something in the commercial office sector. So what's a passionate co-working entrepreneur to do? When the going gets tough, the tough get creative. Creative, but realistic. Join my totally free masterclass and we'll walk you through four creative ways to fund your co-working space in 2024. I funded two co-working spaces using creative financing, and I work with dozens of operators every single month through my co-working startup school, operator mastermind group, and coaching programs who are finding creative ways to fund their launches and their growth. So come join us, find out what's working and what's possible. Join our free live training on February 15th. If you can't make it live, that's cool. We have a replay. Just register, save your spot, and that's the way you get the replay. But if you can join us live, you can ask all the questions you want and engage in the discussion in the chat. To register, open up your podcast player, click the details for the episode, and the link is right there. We hope to see you there. You had no background in childcare. You, you have some other professional background. I do. I do. I worked in, I really had a business background. I worked, I had a degree in business and I worked in marketing and advertising, but I did go, when I decided to do this, I was like, oh, I better get educated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I did go and I don't have a bachelor's or anything, but I did go and get, there are, it's called a CDA certification and go through like safety classes, first aid, okay. all of, yeah. you know, the CPR, all of that. I don't teach in the rooms, but I still like to, you know, practice what I preach kind of deal. And I think that, you know, I am also a mother and I think that changes things just a little bit and go in like empty. Yeah. <laughs> and I hired a consultant when we opened too, which is something okay. I, I think for operators that are looking to start this from scratch, we, we really spent the money up front to put it together. Again, we have a specialized curriculum that kind of leans into the flexibility that is still a big part of who lay village is, right? Yeah. Like, we still don't have the same kids every day and it's yeah. super fluid. And, yeah. and we put the time and the effort into putting the curriculum together, hiring teachers, putting yeah. all of that, those pieces into play so that we could succeed long-term. And your curriculum goes to each location. Is that kind of a, mm -hmm. the, the guide so that anybody who franchises does not have to reinvent that. They're really identifying no. a location and maybe customizing their decor, but they're, they get the guidebook with the curriculum. And then what does the team look like on the, what does the team look like overall? 
Well, I mean, I would say like a lot of our team, you know, we have a couple of what we call administrators that are running kind of the day-to-day operations of the space. I'm obviously not at Lay Village right now. I'm at home myself. My daughter's graduated now, so I don't, I'm not there all the time anymore. But, but that being said, we have to adhere to ratios. This is like some of the stuff that we'll, you know, we talk about, we teach people, you have to have safety ratios. So our staffing is mostly in the classroom. Our teachers are very much in the classroom and it depends on how many kids you have. But, you know, in our baby's room, we have three teachers, four teachers some days. And in our older classroom, same deal, you know, anywhere from three to four staff members and they're teaching, we're doing activities and we have uh, what we call little hands, big body, sensory and art. And those are kind of our pillars of learning. So they're doing these projects and circle time and all the things that you would expect from a quality childcare experience. Okay. Can mom or dad leave uh, the premise? So if I want full-time daycare, but I have to go downtown every other day, can I do that? Yeah. So the... Sort of, I guess is the answer is yes and no. So we are, uh, we have a program called a tag in program. Basically, if you're going to leave, you need to tag in another village member to be responsible for your little one while you're out. And that's that's how people use it all. Regulation issue, and that plays into the community approach. Hey, exactly. is there like, uh, is that part of onboarding? Do you explain is that sort of an implied expectation of being a, that you're willing to do that? Yeah. And, you know, part of what Lee Village is, is, you know, being a parent of a young child, being a parent, frankly, in general, but young children, especially, it's so new. You know, when Nate and I had Vivi, we were the first people to have our daughter. We didn't have any friends that had kids. Our parents live far away. We were very like on an island and yeah. and we found that we were not the only people on that yeah. island after a while. And so what Lay Village is, is kind of bridging that gap. When we started my, you know, I have Lay Village, but it's named after the phrase, it takes a village. It takes, totally. Yes. Takes yeah. a village, right? So what Lay Village does is kind of gives you the pieces to that. You're going to make yeah. your mom friends. You're going to make your core community. And so it's not a big deal to lean over to your friend who's also got a kid in the same class and be like, hey, I got a meeting downtown. I'll be back in two hours. And she's yeah. cool. And you guys sign out on a little right. form and they off they go, you know. Yeah. And you're making friends. I mean, I just had this conversation. We only have one kid. And I was having this conversation with my husband and we live no we've no family anywhere around and i was talking mm-hmm. to him about the whole it takes a village i was like look i think our life would have been a lot different if we lived with family because mm-hmm. there's so many limitations like he travels i travel we can't travel at the same time because we don't have that infrastructure and we never made those relations we, we actually <laughs> we have a lot of friends who moved their parents here so that they would have that support so we do have some friends that are close enough where maybe we could leave a kid, you know, there's a wedding coming up and we're going through like, how do we go to the wedding? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we probably have to fly in a grandparent, <laughs> you yeah. know, but Lay Village for us would have been that like, how do you build your village when you don't have one? And yeah, others being in the same boat and that like those relationships where you could lean on each other for that 
kind of thing. I mean, it's becoming more common. It's like people used to grow up and live near home, right? And they'd have aunts and uncles and parents. And that's still the case, but it's really shifting. People move far away and don't have that. So to your point, like this evolved new way of of living. It's so, so interesting. Okay. So in ter- I'm curious in terms of compliance. So you have a new location in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. We do. So you had to sort of start from scratch in terms of learning. So do you, does uh, Lay Village do that on behalf of your franchisee? Who's in charge of learning the regulations we kind of, for local We market. kind of look at it together. You know, being in, in Wisconsin, you know, it's not California. California scares scares the bejesus <laughs> out of me because they are, you know, they are wow. the red yeah. tape state, right? Illinois is pretty red tapey, so as well. Uh, so luckily, you know, some of the states that we're looking at right now, we're, we're really looking to close down Chicago like this year. This is our big push is I really want to get these into Chicago, but we had just the most amazing uh, owner operator in Kelly Overton, who runs the and owns the Milwaukee Brewers Hill location. Um, and so when I actually taught, I was like, you've got to do this. You would be so great at it. She was moving away into Milwaukee. And I was like, I'm serious. I stalked her for eight months. I was like, please do this for me. You're going to be so great. And she did. She ended up doing it. And it's been a roaring success there. We couldn't be happier. But we had to, we both sat down and it was like, okay, let's look up the regulations. Let's look somewhat like, you know, small business ownership. Sometimes I feel like I wear so many hats like so many hats, you know, legal accounting, like all these pieces that I need to know. But we, you know, really kind of, we didn't leave her on an island to do that. We were definitely like, okay, this is a new state. We need to know, you need to know daycare regulations, childcare, all of that. You need to know safety and code regulations. You need to, you know, you've got to have your stuff together to do this model. Yep. Can you be a member of your co-working space without having a child in childcare? No, okay. I do not allow that. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. And is that partly because of the limited size or will that apply to any new model? I think it will apply to any new model. Why would you want to work on a space with a bunch Probably of screaming not. babies yeah. and toddler? You know what? Again, like, it, just like, it lends to the creeper factor. I hate to say that, but uh, it's like, why? We have had people like, oh, yeah, but I'm like, why would you want to be here without yeah, you like go somewhere just, else? It's fine. Yeah. There's other places for you. There's lots of, I love to make references to other lovely co-working spaces. Yeah. That would be um, at that point. Yeah. So are the Chicago locations all franchised or are you opening corporate locations as well? We will likely open another corporate location. So I opened a sister concept called the Village Learners last year. That was the other location that I opened. And it's a pre-K concept. So it doesn't have, so it's off-site. And this is the one. So I said, oh, you can't have, if you don't have your kids on site, then you can't be a member. But I'm going to, I'm going to say like most of the time with that, because what happens is our kids have been with us now. We've been open since 2019 and they're graduating through the program. And so we started, I started Lay Village Learners last year. It's a pre-K concept where parents can drop their kids off, which is really like an like kind of where parents get after four years of being on site right. with their little ones. They're yeah. like, I would like to drop you off now. And then they have the, it's free for them to be members at Lay Village Cowork. They get to go down to Cowork if they want to Cowork. 
but they don't have to either. So then they can like, whereas like when they're babies and toddlers, we really require you to be on site. Once they hit this uh, pre-K four kindergarten, you can drop off um, or not. And so that was my new experiment last year that I did. And I have been forbidden from starting any new experiments for at least one year. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I know. I'm giving Typical it a year to breathe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, giving it a year to breathe. And we will likely, I really would love to open a location in like the West Loop, Bolton Market, yeah. you know, kind of area. I think that market's really exciting. But this year we're really focused on, so we have a location, a franchise location opening in near the Brookfield Zoo in Lyons. So we were calling it our Route 66 location. And then we have another location that's opening in Des Plaines that we haven't really announced. So I guess this will be your big break. I love it. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you. Hey there. I'm jumping in again. This time, I'm speaking to those of you that are either getting ready to hire a community manager or who have a community manager and you would like to support their training and development. We know how challenging it can be for co-working space operators to create their own training and development material to support their community managers. And this is so important in terms of onboarding new community managers and supporting the growth of your existing community managers. And we're getting towards the end of the year. What a great holiday gift, end of year gift to give to your community manager. So the platform is really around a couple of things. One is access to a community of like-minded folks. We have a very active Slack group with really wonderful questions that are posed every single day. And we find that's one of the biggest values. We have community managers from all over the world. And this is an excellent group of community managers that have invested time and effort into getting better at that role. And they are the kind of folks that you want your community manager to be by and hanging out with, and they know their stuff. Uh, Or sometimes they don't, and they ask questions, and we help them out. So I'm in the group. We have coaches that are in the group to support them. So we love when they ask questions for things they need help with, because the other aspect of the program is really around helping them get resources they need to make their jobs easier and to learn things that they can use in their role to be better at their job. So we provide some done-for-you resources like Google Business Posts, detailed event ideas, et cetera, that they can just kind of grab and go and use. And we also provide monthly resources that add to our training library. So they can do our certification. And then we have a lot of electives that help them kind of get better at all the things that go with the role. So our community managers wear a lot of hats. So we break our content into industry knowledge for new community managers, community building, operations, sales and marketing, and leadership. So the leadership bucket is great for our more advanced community managers. We also have virtual office and digital mail training and uh, coffee training for anybody who needs to know how to use commercial uh, coffee brewers. So we uh, have some of the... I'm just going to give you kind of a sampling of content that we have. So in our community building modules, we have hosting your first member events, building community with budget-friendly events, member event swipe files, 
our sales and marketing modules. We have tour training. We have the training on the full co-working sales funnel. So they understand what that looks like. We have social media planning frameworks. We have... uh, What else do we have? Uh, Three simple steps to an effective marketing newsletter. These are just some of our samples. Ooh, these are some of our best uh, utilized topics. Demystifying the process of letting your co-working members use your address for their Google business listing, how to close a tour, operations modules, how to set up automations, how to do a new member onboarding audit, simple ways to use AI to boost your productivity. We have over 40 courses in the program. So we cover kind of higher level topics. And then we also cover things that are timely, like the CMRA updates, Google business updates, etc. So we get together monthly to do official training. And we also host a best practice sharing call, which is one of the fan favorites of the group and the Slack group. So if you have any questions at all about the program, don't hesitate to reach out. You can learn more and register at everythingcoworking.com forward slash community manager. Now back to our episode. <laughs> That's exciting. Okay. I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna ask you sort of, yeah, geographically. But to your point, there's probably still a lot of neighborhoods in Chicago that could handle yes. uh, this model. Yeah. And, and it is Milwaukee, a neighborhood model. A neighborhood you know? model. Yeah. Yeah. Downtown, you know. We want people, we want it to be in people's backyards where people right. live. That's really the concept. Um, exactly. Create yeah. your community so near home. Yes, exactly. So, you know, I, I'm hoping that we can find a great owner in Evanston, in Pilsen, in Bronzeville. Those are like my, if I could dream up yeah. an owner operator, yeah. like for each of those places, that would be awesome. Uh, how, do dads, are dads members? They are. We've actually seen an influx of dads, which has been really amazing. Honestly, it was when we first opened, it was very much a, this is a mom space. And now I, I would say it's like 60, 40, like 60% moms, 40% uh, dads in the space. But our dad and our dads are like, they're hands on dads. It really is the evolution of fatherhood too, yeah. to see these dads take on. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of split memberships where like moms come in like Monday, Ooh, Wednesday, Friday, and dads okay. come in. Oh Love yeah. That. Dads yeah. come in like Tuesday, Thursday, and their family like splits it up and everybody gets space and time. And that's what really like the mission of Lay Village is really to tackle the motherhood penalty and really create equity for women in the workplace. And you're normalizing dad does half or maybe all of the get the kid to daycare. And I know, yeah, I did a post on that recently because the, uh, I interviewed the founder of Gable, which is kind of a marketplace. And she was talking about how passionate she is about, yeah, the motherhood penalty. And I posted, there's a podcast with data that says the penalty is not gender-based. It is a mother, it is a caregiver penalty. Oh yeah. So it's the burden, the the things that mom takes on that dad doesn't take on. Because I also love like being in that space with other dads, like normalizing, well, dad can do the doctor's appointments too. And dad Mm -hmm. can do these things. And oh, other dads are doing this. 
Because it was interesting, the podcast, it was a it was a Freakonomics podcast and this woman who had done a bunch of research through Harvard. And she was like, yeah, I don't really know what's ever going to change this. I mean, she was just like, I don't see how culturally we're ever going to move the needle. Her one suggestion was maybe if schools went until five. Right. Because mm. there's still the whole. Well, yeah, yeah. Three o'clock. Yes. Unless there's after. Guess who's going period. to get mine today, Jamie? My Dad. husband. <laughs> That's right. Dad's I, you know doing it. I have I know I have my husband on school pickup today too. And it's early dismissal day. Oh gosh. <laughs> so. Didn't it just go back? What? <laughs> yeah, well, they have uh two o'clock dismissal once a week. And then yes, we have Monday off for MLK mm-hmm. Day, which probably mm-hmm. lots of people do. So I yeah, exactly. So I'm and that is something the working from home that's I still get most of the uh responsibility, but there's a little, I do think the working from home has helped shift. Like that may be what has shifted with your dads, right? Oh, well, they can be hybrid. And so they could go to the space half of the time. And yeah, that's a big I think deal. That, I think that return to work is really just attack on an attack on working parents. Right. That I think is a whole other podcast. I we, I really so passionately think that it is a bunch of people that don't have, you know, that they, they just yeah, yeah. The don't people see... making the decisions do not have caregiving responsibilities. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. and they don't want them. They're like, cool, you figure it out, you deal with it. So I hope that people take a stand uh, on that, you know, and parents take a stand on that and mothers take a stand on it because it really does fall back on our shoulders yeah. to figure this stuff out in the long, at the long run. Yeah. So it, it could be partly a California thing. I had this conversation with this group of women who help, they would maybe be a consultant of the type that you hired. They help folks launch open daycare. And they were basically mm-hmm. like, it's a very hard model. You need mm-hmm. inexpensive real estate and inexpensive labor. And they were like, otherwise it's very hard. So it needs to be subsidized. And they were trying to figure out yeah, how they, I think they were sort of exploring and somebody introduced us like, right, could they co figure this out with co-working? And then could you get companies like Salesforce who have all these distributed people, but, you know, Salesforce wants them to go to some office. Well, can you put the daycare there? Because that's one of the hurdles is right. Like moms right. at home and post COVID can't get daycare. And so, you right. know, all these challenges. So yeah, talk about what are the biggest challenges of the model? And I'm also curious, like the profitability, is, is childcare profitable without co-working? Do you need both? Like how do they sort of interplay? I mean, I think for us, like it really is one big model for us. You know, we do a comp on, you know, what co-working spaces are charging. We do a comp on what daycare spaces are charging and you really have to consider all of those pieces. You can't you can't really separate the two. It's one big thing. I think that the woman that you were the the group that you were talking to has hit the nail on the head. It is a it's really hard, especially if you want to do right by your employees because it's a really messed up industry where people get taken advantage of and you're not going to come in and fix all of those problems overnight. It's just not going to happen. But if you want to be a good person and pay a reasonable living wage, then you're going to have to figure it out, you know? And so part of what we, part of what, why we started franchising was like, I don't know that I have the capacity to open another location myself, but I can teach someone else how to do this and do this successfully 
Uh, profitability wise, I mean, Lay Village does, it does great. We're doing great. You know, uh, we are a service that people seek because no one else is really doing it yet. Or I shouldn't say that. I actually should not say that. There have been a lot of people that have tried to do this and they do not succeed at it because yeah. it's really hard to succeed it's at. Really we have hard. kind of, I know. Yes. It, we've kind of figured it out and yeah. we are making it work and it does work for us. So, I feel like that was a really roundabout way of answering your question. I'm sorry. No, I'm like, no. Awesome. I, <laughs> I wonder, I mean, I'd be curious about your per- perspective on, because I would say like half of the folks who come through my startup school have an interest in childcare and solving yeah. that problem. And I'm always like, Kim Lee is one of our coaches and we're always both, okay, we totally get it. But let's talk about this and think about the model and how to make it successful. And they tend to really want to pursue this ultimate flexibility, which, right, I just, you have a business, like my business background is just too practical. I'm like, I totally get it. And it's very hard. I mean, there are probably ways somebody sent me a website and they have nanny services. Some people are getting creative about like partnering with babysitters. There are ways, but it's a different, if you want your kid, right, in a curriculum-based program that could be all And most parents do. Well, I think part of it it might, and I I may be getting this wrong, but like parents who have full-time work or part-time, but it's, you know, they have to be working during that time. They really need dedicated, predictable care but then also your model needs that too. You can't hire somebody to be in the space and then have two people show up, right? 100%. You have a fixed cost. So you have yep. to make that match. And so the easiest way to do that is people who are willing to commit. So that is hard for m- mom who has a side hustle or has some sort of business where they aren't quite ready to commit and pay for daycare because it's not inexpensive you know, to, oh, to, no, it's not yeah. inexpensive. Yeah. I would say too, you know, though, I've had those side hustle moms and the problem we did, you know, when we first opened, we tried this whole flexible, like really okay. mushy thing. Yeah. We did. That was what we opened up with. And I was like, whoa, this is not going to work yeah. real quick. You, I will say like probably one of my biggest thing is I make mistakes and I fix them quickly because yeah. if you don't, if you let it flounder, yeah. you're just, you're going to drown. So I was like, oh, but the problem was too. And I actually, I've always been really good about bringing people in when we make these big changes. And Abby, who is our owner in the Brookfield um, area, was one of those moms. And she was so, it was like, but I love, and I was like, but are you using it? Do the math. Are you really showing up as often as you want to? And then, you know, you sit down and it's, oh, I'm actually only using this whatever. And then I'm burning this money the rest of the time. Uh, So she had a fixed commitment. It wasn't enough for you, but it was more than she. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So it was, you know, it's, and then the kid, you know, I get part of this too, is we can't just think about the parents. My biggest priority are the kids. You, I think you asked this in a roundabout way earlier, but if the kids are unhappy and the kids are screaming, Mm, because again, for my model, we serve babies and toddlers. Yeah. If baby is screaming their head off mm-hmm. and mom, you can't not hear that. Your mom no, ears the, are the mom like, alerts you know, start firing. It, does. it yeah. goes off. And <laughs> yeah. so it's like, it, and part of this age range is separation anxiety, which is a developmentally normal thing that kids are going to go through. But the only thing that cures that is trust and routine. And if you don't have trust and routine, it's going to continue to be a problem. And they're going to cancel. They're going to cancel anyways. 
His baby's unhappy. And then, yeah, that, I love that trust in routine. That's just like a core sort of belief about how this, yeah, gets structured. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, so what happens? So you mentioned the experiment with the Mm pre-K. So Mm -hmm. yeah, if my kid ages out, I have to leave. Yeah. Well, most people, again, at that phase, like most people are, they're going to fit my daughter. You know, she's been, she was with me from the beginning. She graduated all the way through this program. She was at Learners when we first opened it. And then, you know what? She started pre-K four at public school. Like this is what happens. Kids get older. And so, you know, but guess what? People are always having babies. So, you know. Oh, good point. So they may stay, right. Parents who have overlapping kids. I know I didn't do that. And they come back around I did we only have one too um but yeah so you know but or just new parents that are you know moving into the neighborhood that have a baby you know honestly it just it's sort of a positive cycle then so you can so I I, as a working parent have to go find a new co-working space though you would have to go although we do allow alumni to stick around because again we know you the whole reason that we require this okay once you're in you're kind of in honestly most people you know they'll do and we do will allow drop-ins on let's say public so monday public schools closed Vivi is dropping in at learners. She's, okay. you know, that, that's so awesome. that's kind of like how we get around it. It's okay. very much, I just, we need to know who you are. Like yeah. I'm not taking strangers from yeah. wherever, but you know, once you, we know who you are, then you're kind of in forever okay. if you want to use us. Right. Yeah. But also no one stays at the same co-working space for eternity. Otherwise we'd all, no. that'd be amazing. It would go crazy. It would yeah. be crazy. But there, so there's a natural transition. And then, so do you have a waiting list? We do. Yeah. We do. Waiting list in Chicago for sure. Um, I think Brewers Hill is still filling their older classrooms, if I am correct. But I'm, I I don't know. I have to check with her um, because I know she was like. And then word of mouth kicks in. I would guess. It that. does. Yeah. It just yeah. kind of goes. Yeah. So this is why this was the other reason I was like, we got to get these other locations open now uh, because people are just like kind of clamoring for it. And so you want to yeah. provide that service to people. What's my question going to be about? Oh, yeah. How do you, how, how do your customers find you? That's a good question, Jamie. <laughs> they find us. I think social media was like a big thing for us for really, especially Instagram was huge for us for a really long time. And we still dump that in. You know, it's always the thing with chicken or the egg kind of situation with marketing. I'm sure you feel this as well. It's feed the algorithm. Uh, word of mouth is huge. Frankly, yeah. we get a lot of referrals okay. for parents that like are at a party and they talk to this mom and she's talking about all the problems that we just talked about. And they're like, oh, my God, you should t- come to Lake Village. And yeah. So there's some of that. LinkedIn has actually been something I've been towing into recently. Mm-hmm. And you don't run I feel Google like- ads. We don't. No, we did when we, so we're, we did some Google ads actually when we were searching for owners at the table. We did a big campaign at the end of last year, searching for franchise owners, but okay. honestly, That's no, we don't spend that much on marketing. It's usually our marketing is very earned marketing. Yeah. That's, okay, that's but like I also that. love the model because you're getting co-working member plus childcare at the same time. So yep. you're like, well, we don't, you know, don't really separate the model. So you you don't have you don't have a separate staff person for the co-working side. 
Uh, no, we do. Okay. We have one like kind of operator yeah. where, she, you know, in Irving Park, it's Lily and in uh, Brewers Hill, it's Emily. So they like operate the space and then the teachers are in the classrooms. So yeah, basically like the whole time. Experts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Okay. We're so, uh, okay. Given that this, right, this model is so hard. What would you say are some of the biggest challenges of the model? And maybe some of the ways that how you've approached it uh, helped to overcome those. I mean, I think we've talked a little bit about them. You know, the I think keeping your kids safe is the most important, safe and happy and yeah. healthy. If you come from that space, you know, I again, I talk to people and operators and they're like, oh, well, you come to our space, we'll do the co-working and you do the childcare. Mm. And I'm like, well, that's not... That's not what we do. That's I not totally who we are. To, it's so integrated the way you it is. It. You so even yeah. the design of the pub, even the design of the co-working space is designed with children in mind. And, it, you know, so the furniture is selected a specific way, the layout, uh, all of that stuff. You have to constantly be thinking about your kids first and frankly, about your parents, too, who have kids and who are going to feel really bad if they their toddler spills ketchup cup, right? <laughs> right, yeah. on your $6,000 couch. You know, it just, <laughs> you have to think about these things. So I think that those are the challenges, but also the what is going to make, you know, what's going to make a big difference uh, for people. I think, I think that parents are hard. There's the the word mama bear is a real thing. And you have to constantly be coming at it from like a loving, respectful mm. uh, place. Moms, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, and it's so funny to be kind of on the other side of <clears throat> this, right? My daughter is older now. You forget how it feels to be a new mom pretty quickly. It's kind of like how you forget childbirth, right? Yeah, like right. you like, Lock you it for, all out. and yeah. it's probably the scariest thing in the world and fear makes people a little on edge. And mm-hmm. so if you are always coming at it from a place of like empathy and kindness, you're going to get a lot farther with working moms. Yeah. So you have to have a special personality to do this model as well. <laughs> you do. Lots of love. Lots totally. of love. I have a lot of times I, I sit with a lot of crying moms. Some, you know, that's part of my job is is psychologist sometime or say, you know, or just armchair psychologist yeah. or whatever the phrase is and just listening and letting them just letting them feel their feelings um, and being present and being there. If that's not your vibe, I don't know that I'd recommend it either. Totally. Okay. What <laughs> have I, is there anything I haven't asked about that, that you want to chat about for anybody who's thinking about this model? I just, I would, again, just don't take, it's not a light thing. It's not a service that you add on. It's not a, it's not something that's, oh, this is going to be, I love the, the place that comes from and I wish it was easier, but just really do your homework and do the numbers, do the yeah. numbers. What do you help with? So in your, yes. for in terms of the how the childcare co-working memberships yes. and how that all integrates. Are you finding, so you mentioned spaces are, some of them are a little bigger now, 7,000 feet. Is there like an optimal size that you like right now? I wouldn't go too big is like kind of what I always tell. Cause like people are like, well, I'm going to put it this big. (laughs) 
you know, you can do those things, but you're going to be paying for them and you're going to lose that sense of community because people will silo if you give them the opportunity. So I think that like we tell people like not bigger than 10,000 square feet, like you're not going to like it's not going to pop. Yep. People are not the I think in co-work, traditional co-working, right, it's all about the amenities. Just remember your biggest amenity is the child care. That's why people are there. All the other stuff is like whipped topping and cherry. Like you don't need. And unmonetizable space. And unmonetizable space. Exactly. So just, and you got to pay for that. So run, again, I go back, run the numbers, do the math, make sure you're doing like doing all of your homework because this is where people get themselves into a lot of trouble and know your safety regulations, know your safety codes, know your stuff because it only takes one parent that goes sideways and is upset about the way something goes and they yeah. sue you into next year and then you're all done. Yeah. So you, you have a, a, an attorney on your professional team, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yes. You just got to be careful. Protect yourself. Protect your staff. Yeah. Um, but if you're going, if you're doing the right stuff, then you won't need any of that. Because you should always be doing the right thing and know, and you should know it. And you can't play like, oh, I didn't know. That's not an excuse. You got to know your stuff. (laughs) Not not like your three-year-old can say, I didn't know, mommy. I didn't know. Okay. We'll put links in the show note website, the best place to learn more about all and more info. Yes. And we would love to hear from anybody, you know, we we're happy to, to be present with people. And if you're in the Chicago market, we are really looking for those owner operators that are, you know, curious and ready to go. And then in 20, at the end of 2024, we are opening the Austin marketplace and the Atlanta marketplace. Okay. So we will be starting to take applications at the end of this year for those territories, but those are our next outside territory. Hey, I'm glad you mentioned that. Awesome. Here we go. Very exciting. Make no small plans. Um, Okay. Thank you for taking the time to share. I have been looking forward to this conversation for a long time. Um, So thank you for doing this and we'll put all the info. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. And hopefully we can meet in person the next time I come to Chicago. I would love that. Sounds good. Thank you, Daniela. Thanks, Jamie. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, tell a friend, hit that subscribe button and leave us a rating and review. It makes a huge difference in helping others like you find us. If you'd like to learn more about our education and coaching programs, head over to everythingcoworking.com. We'll see you next week.